It's about that time in December where you turn the radio on and you're just sick of hearing the same songs over and over. Does that resonate with anybody here tonight? We've reached kind of peak Christmas music at this point. So it is my hope as you are gathered here, hearing Christmas carols and hymns, to have a different experience of the Christmas season. Because it is not really Christmas until we are singing. It isn't the same way of remembering the way that the stories and the stories of Christmas come alive in song with familiar melodies. How fitting then that our first lesson tonight might be actually one of the first hymns of the Christian church. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 11 is called the Christ hymn. A song that the early church shared amongst themselves to help make sense of who Jesus is. The melody that they sung about Jesus ends up carrying us through as a people to the church today. We will discover through the other lessons that were read this morning, or this evening, I'm kind of stuck as a pastor thinking about morning services, and this evening, thinking about the ways that following Jesus makes us follow the same melodies that Christ set before us many, many years ago. The Christ hymn talks about who Jesus is, how Jesus is highly exalted that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord, a rightful and fitting way of celebrating the King that is coming into the earth. But isn't it funny? with the last lesson that Marilyn Moore read for us, that those who knew what kings were like, the magi, the wise ones, missed where the king was. They were looking in the stars, as wise people did in their day and age, and saw a sign that a king was near. And so they journeyed far, and they went to where you would presume a king would be, in the house of the existing king. But that king, King Herod, had no idea and could offer no guidance to these wise ones where that true king would be. So they left and went back to the star, and the star leads them to a house where they find Mary and Joseph and the child Jesus. Those wise, wise leaders had no idea where to find the king. And you could imagine their surprise that the king they expected ended up being in such a lowly place. I think that's part of what this Christ hymn from Philippians is trying to make sense of. How did somebody from such a lowly beginning achieve such great ends? I think it's fitting, even with 2,000 years of church history now behind us, that we still are struggling to make sense of it. Take, for example, verse 6 of the Christ hymn. The New Revised Standard Version of the Bible that we read here at Fort Street says, Though he, being Jesus, was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, 
but emptied himself. Scholars recently have made a number of debates and revisions to that verse, changing one word, though or although, to because. I'll read them both so you can understand. The reading right now says, although Jesus was in the form of God, he emptied himself. The word although actually might be a mistranslation of the text. Instead, it should read, because Jesus was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Scholars have assumed God remains high and lofty. And so the best word to put in to make the narrative flow in English is to say, although, because God remains high and to get down to where Jesus ends up in the cradle, there must be some lowering, some kind of break. Maybe God's on a sort of mission trip coming to earth to help set things right. But when you read that word, because, suddenly you get a different view of who God is and what God is all about. Because if Jesus was in the form of God and therefore God comes near to us, we understand the character of God very deeply. Our God is one who comes close to us in the thick of life. Our God comes close to us when we feel empty. Our God comes close to us when we feel powerless. Because in that moment, when that manger is filled with the Christ child, it is then that we see the true character of the God that we worship. That is the melody of this Christ hymn. That the character of God is revealed most deeply in how Jesus emptied himself, becoming part of the human family that we belong to. And through the experience of even death, what happens in Good Friday and in Easter, God's love and God's claiming of Jesus raises him, bringing new life again. That is the character of God. That is the deepest core of who God is is. That melody is what we celebrate tonight. But we also recognize that the melody of the Christ hymn isn't just completed in Christ himself. That melody is repeated by all those who follow him. And so we heard two more lessons tonight of a family, of Mary and Joseph, who go through a similar journey, a feeling emptied, and then being risen up again with what God is up to. Angels visit both of them, both Mary and Joseph, and what they announce to them empties Mary and Joseph of all of their expectations for what life has in store. Expectations of what family life will look like. Dreams of what this child will be like. Hopes for how they as a family will be welcomed in the broader community. Because after all, rumors are starting to spread about what has happened with Mary and this pregnancy. 
as the angels come and announce to them what is going to take place, even with all of the hope and expectation that is to come, there still first is the emptying out of what they thought was going to happen. That's inevitable when we go through life. The expectations and the dreams and the hopes that we have are emptied from us as we experience the brokenness of grief and loss, of illness, of job changes, of life simply not panning out the way that we want. So it is important for us to remember that God is not a God of although, but instead a God of because. Because of who God is in Jesus, we can rest assured that Jesus comes close to us in those moments of emptiness. The presence of Christ is with us in those moments of brokenness. And indeed, new life is emerging. I think one of the best examples of how new life emerges in the emptiness of our life is this very congregation. It has, over the course of 160 years, gone through episodes of being emptied and then seeing new life arising in its midst. This building has burned down twice. You can see marks of that in various parts of the building, whether in scars on the pews, soot on the stained glass. In any case, those are images not simply of what has been lost, but rather what has been claimed as this congregation found the resolve and the will and indeed the sense of purpose from God to rebuild. To say there is still vibrant ministry taking place at the corner of Fort and Third. And we are stronger from the faithfulness of God being able to work with us to create a new beginning. That has happened over the course of generations in this congregation, whether from demographics or white flight, urban renewal, as these experiences of our broader community take place, this congregation has gone through moments of being empty, quite literally, when there were times when there were only a couple dozen people in these pews. But Jesus has always been near in those moments of emptiness, and new life has emerged. Over this weekend, through the course of a longest night service that took place on Friday and also in worship on Sunday, we as a congregation have reflected on these dark days that we are in in our calendar. The nights are the longest in this time of December. And it is true that often in the longest nights of the year, we are reflecting on the emptiness in each of us. Maybe this night, the emptiness that you feel is of a loved one who isn't with you. Maybe it is that this Christmas isn't the way that it has been in the past. Maybe the emptiness is in reflecting on how the past year has gone or what is to come in the future that is to come. Over those experiences and reflecting, we have invited people in the congregation to lay strips of cloth in the manger in preparation for the Christ child who is coming. This night, those strips of cloth are now the place where the Christ child's presence is most 
physically visible as a reminder that this is the true character of the God that we worship. That those strips of cloth represented where we feel empty in our lives, but it is also where God's presence comes through most powerfully. So take heart, knowing that the good news that is announced affirms that God's presence comes closest to us in those moments of brokenness. Not because God is on some temporary mission to see us, but because the true character of the God who comes down, who takes on flesh, comes closest to us in those moments of emptiness. So hear these words from the Gospel of Luke. Joseph and Mary went from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because Joseph was descended from the house and family of David. They went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. But in such a place, we discover who our God truly is. Amen.